people. So we just pray right now that this time would be, uh, we surrender to you and to your word, that it would transform our lives, Father, and our families. Lord, we intercede for the families uh, that are represented here, every family connected to this congregation. Lord, we pray for healthy families. We pray that you'd restore broken relationships, that you'd improve wounded relationships. Lord, that our family lives would be a representation of, of the Trinity, that even as Christ said, as, as he and, and you, Father, are one, that we would reflect that oneness and that begins in our homes. And so I pray a release of your anointing and grace to accomplish that. Father, I know that my words are insufficient to bring about real change. It's only by your Holy Spirit, the impartation of your grace and power. And so I just pray right now, release, Father, and even to those who are, are single, Father, that they have families and they have relationships, and that they would carry this and express this in ways uh, that communicate your love and, and inclusion, that you'd meet every need, that there would be no lonely hearts in your church because you're there. He promised never to leave us alone or forsake us, to dwell with us. And so we, we believe that, and we want to experience that, and we bless that. In Jesus' name, everyone said? Yeah. Oh, I got caught up in prayer there. I can do that for hours. <laughs> All right, I've been talking about Healthy Family Series, uh, and uh, last week, launched it last week with the idea of of, of uh, truth, and uh, you know this is the new uh, government's way of trying to tell people how to eat. <laughs> this is the new diagram. It's gotten rid of the pyramid. I like how they change it every few years. No one keeps everybody confused. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, truth uh, as the um, was the uh, you know we need truth. It's the substance of 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 a good healthy family. And this week we're going to be talking about uh, talk. And communication and talk in uh, the words of our mouths uh, is the primary way we uh, communicate truth. So there's a connectedness to all of these. Um, and in Ephesians chapter 4:15, Paul writes. He said, um, <clears throat> instead of being immature, the previous section talks about uh, you know we're not tossed about as immature, in, as immature believers, but instead we will speak the truth in love. Growing in every way more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the, uh, the church. And so there's a number of things, you know, we want to speak truth. And so that truth, we have to understand truth and integrate truth. And that's what we talked about last week. But then we need to speak it, but we speak it in love. And I believe that, that the phrase in love should be understood as being in love, you know. And not some formal in love. Does that make sense? I really believe that we're to be caught up in love with the Father. Caught up in love with our Savior, the Lord Jesus. Caught up in love with one another. And out of that relationship of love, we speak truth. So that that gives the tone and the motivation for speaking truth. And it leads to growing in every way more like Jesus Christ. So it's all Christ uh, centric, or uh, all with the, our eyes and our goal, destination is uh, becoming more like Christ. And I believe that <clears throat> what we say has the power to create the atmosphere in our homes. Uh, you have to believe this. Uh, uh, your mouth is, is, is a gift of God, and you've been given. A creative ability 
God created the world with a spoken word. You know, the Bible begins, the existence of everything exists because God spoke, let there be light. Do you think maybe he was trying to communicate something? Right? That there's a significance there? That, that through spoken word, everything comes into existence? And then we're created in God's image? Following that up, that we're made as, as, to be imitators of God? So like God, I believe we have power and authority to create with our words. And it's true whether you believe it or not. Alright? Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Everybody stick out your tongue. Death and life. Point to your neighbor's tongue. Death and life is in the power of that little wiggly muscle in your mouth. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Or, uh, another translation, the New Living says, will reap the consequences. So if you love, love what? Love the tongue. Love, and the tongue represents your words, your communication. If you understand it, if you invest in it, you'll get the consequences. You'll eat the fruit of it. Uh, <clears throat> Proverbs uh, 8.21, and the message puts it real bluntly. The message says, words kill... Words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. Words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. And so we have the choice to speak life. And through faith in Christ, especially when we're united in relationship with Him, that, that increases. I mean, when we walk in the authority of Christ, the power of our creative word our prophetic word, increases as we become more and more like Christ. Right? Because, and the more like Him we are, the more we can operate like Him, and He operated by creatively speaking things into existence. And so as new creations in Christ, we, be, uh, we have the power to speak life and, and, and change the atmosphere. And, and this, most, uh, uh, this affects our family significantly, and I believe that the level of influence we have flows from our most intimate relationships outward. In other words, we have the most influence with the, those that we are closest to, and we have diminishing influence as we move outward in relationship. Okay? And so relationship is directly uh, connected with authority and creative power. And so we need to exercise and learn how to use our creative uh, uh, power with our words <clears throat> in those relationships that are most important. You know, if someone comes into a room and, and just by a few words you can tell if they're angry or if they're happy. You know, I walk in a room, I'm laughing, hey everyone, how's it going? I just created the atmosphere. I walk in a room and I said, oh, I'm just going to rip some people up today and you're going to find out when it's really all out. You know, you know oh God, why did I come here? You know? <laughs> you know, just with a couple of words. So we create the atmosphere, and you can change the atmosphere. Ephesians 4.24 is the main verse I want to speak. Uh, 4.24 through 5.1. I'm going to read it first in the New King James. And then uh, read it again in a different translation. In the New King James it says, 
Uh, and that you put on, I looked up, the word put on actually means the sink into. You know, like sinking. It's, it's, it's to put on a garment, but every commentary, every dictionary I looked into, you know, we put on clothes, but the word actually means like to, like, like a three, like a animated uh, movie where you sink into your, your costume, you know, the superhero. Just watch the Avengers where he's walking through and they, it puts on all the armor as he's walking, you know. You sink down into the, your <coughs> super, uh, hero costume. You sink into the new man which is created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So we are to take on this new, but it's just resting, it's relaxing, it's, it's allowing yourself to take, take on that new nature, <clears throat> be clothed with it. Alright, in true righteousness and holiness, therefore, therefore, verse 25, put away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry, and do not sin, and do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Nor let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God and Christ forgave you. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. It's interesting, I'd already selected this verse about uh, many weeks ago and had done uh, some significant study on it. And um, uh, uh, actually, uh, not this week, but the previous week, Kathy had sent me an email. I actually never opened it because my backlog of emails was just ridiculous. So it was after I'd already prepared this part and studied this passage, I, I finally went down and you know, it was something that she sent me, so I, I opened it up as I was trying to clean out my inbox, and this is what she uh, quoted. Um, she quoted the same verse from a different translation, the, the, the um, ESV, English Standard Version. But then she personalized it for spouses. I'll read the, how she put it. It says, therefore, this is from the ESV, Putting, uh, therefore, having put away falsehood, let each of you speak the truth with his spouse. For you are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. No longer steal from your spouse, but rather labor for your spouse, doing honest work with your hands so that you may have something to share with your spouse. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, uh, but only such, it is, such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to your spouse. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you between your spouse and you. Along with all malice, spouses, be kind to one another. That's a revelation. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. And then she wrote, I read this today, and it struck me as particularly applicable for marriage. 
You excel at obeying this. Just wanted to read you that. (laughs) And when we teach on marriage and family in the future, this is something I would like us to consider including. So, uh, and I was like, wow, that had already decided that that was going to be the main Bible verse I was going to use for this message, and she didn't know that, and then she sends it to me. And so I just, I love how the Holy Spirit comes along. And you know, we insert the word spouse in there, but you can insert any other relationship. Parent, child, brother, sister, co-worker, fellow church member. You know, fill in the blank. Because that, these principles dictate your relationship. This is the standard, this is how we live uh, at, like Christ is when we when we put these into practice into the relationships that we have and will bring about transformation in our lives. Um, <clears throat> so there's seven quick points I want to pull out of this uh, passage specifically about talk, and then I want to get into a, and share some uh, ideas about how to deepen communication in our lives. And so the seven points. Uh, the first one is from verse 25 where it says, put away lying and speak truth. Well, that sounds pretty simple, but our culture is so comfortable with lying that most of the time we don't even hear ourselves do it. All right? Uh, there's just, it's kind of, and I just challenge you, I'm not going to dwell on this a lot because I've got a lot of other stuff I want to touch on, but, you know, put away lying literally means let's, let's practice truth-telling. And you have to intentionally do this because I just want to announce to you, you have been trained how to unconsciously lie. And every one of us tells lies every day. We misrepresent the truth to protect our feelings and our identities and whatever in multiple ways. We minimize or we exaggerate, which is lying. And you have to ask yourself, am I really communicating truth? Uh, and so we want to be radical truth tellers in love. Okay, speaking the truth in love so that we grow up. And um, we'll get to the, the, some other part, the rest of this verse in a minute. But ask yourself, is this really true? When you say something and someone challenges on it, step back and go, am, am I speaking truth? Or am I speaking, you know, am I twisting it a little bit? Am I emphasizing it? Am I, am I twi- uh, um, uh, misstating in some way? Yeah, leaving out an important part, uh, telling only half of the story. And often you do you, we've been trained, it's so it's ingrained in us because our whole culture has been trained on how to present arguments to, to convince others rather than expressing truth. And uh, you have to relearn how to communicate. But it begins by being radically true with yourself. You know, tell the truth to yourself. I've had people come in and, and you know, they're struggling with a sin. And I mean, they're in my office with an, an appointment and uh, help with trying to get help to overcome a particular issue that's, that's wreaked havoc in their life. And then I've, countless times I've had them say, but, but I want to do it. I'm like, excuse me, you don't want to do it. You don't want to keep doing that sin. If you did, why are you here? You know, look at the consequences. You know, they believe in the lie that they want to, you know, lust or look at pornography or 
uh, 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 you know, whatever. I mean, it's been some pretty serious uh, stuff that people are consumed by. And they actually believe that they want to. And I'm like, That's a lie. Quit, tell, quit telling yourself that lie. You don't want that, do you? And I've actually seen them go, yeah, you're right. I don't want to do that. And come under the deception. And they reinforce that deception every time they repeat it to themselves. Oh, if you're craving something. Are you really craving that? Do you really want that? No, you don't. You may be experiencing physical sensations, but you don't want it. So tell yourself and tell others. Learn how to speak truth. Second is don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Guess what that means? All right? Don't go to sleep without resolving anger issues. All right? So how long can you put off anger issues? You know, you want to go to sleep tonight? If we would just apply this, 90% of our relationship problems would disappear. If you'd not let the sun go down on wrath. It actually says be angry, but don't, don't sin. People think anger is a sin. I have to say, no, anger is not a sin. Anger is a proper response. God says, you know, don't, don't let it go unresolved. And he actually says wrath there. Don't let that discontent in your heart go unresolved <coughs> without working it out before the sun goes down. Uh, if you're angry about something or someone... Deal with it immediately. And you can do that by forgiving and releasing. You can have your heart, you can get to the place of peace, even without settling the issue with the person necessarily. But you've made it come, there's a peace in your heart. Or if you need to speak with your spouse about an issue or someone in your life and you have the opportunity, just bring it up. You know, don't, Because if you, if you let it carry over, two things can happen. It grows, it becomes more significant, or even worse, you forget about it. And there's just a little anger that settles in. Yeah, it's just admitting you're angry. You lie to yourself. I'm not angry. He offended me. I'm not angry. They did this, they did that. Well, why are you even saying that? Because you're angry. No, I'm not angry. <laughs> I've walked... People are so upset about all kinds of stuff. But they don't realize it. They're, often it's hurt. I feel really hurt. Oh, really? Yeah, why? Because so-and-so did something. Oh, that made you feel hurt. Really, it's anger. It's anger. Because there, it's, it's a perceived injustice. And the response to injustice, the right response to injustice is anger. But often it's a perceived injustice. And so by not resolving it before dark, before you go to sleep, gives place to the devil. That means you're saying, hey devil, come on in. Sit down in my life. Here, you have influence. And the devil has influence in your life. That means in your family, in your relationships, uh, in the circumstance where the anger is manifest. And God says, don't do it. Resolve anger quickly. Third thing is, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Uh, Well, I'm just going to let the Bible uh, talk for itself there by reading this in a number of translations. Don't use foul or abusive language. The NASB says, let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth. No unwholesome word. Let nothing, in the message, let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Uh, In the Amplified, let no foul or polluting language 
nor evil word, nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth. So if something can't be defined as being wholesome, it should not be coming out of your mouth. You know, we shouldn't be debating whether or not something is vulgar. We should be saying, hey, is it, is it wholesome? Is it healthy? Is it helpful? <clears throat> if it's not, don't let it. You have control. Number four is, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion. The message says, not only what helps, say only what helps, each word a gift. I love that. Each word a gift. So, when? Every day. Every relationship. Every interaction. And I, I try to practice this because I came across this years ago and I'm like, wow, what would it be? You know, you picture your words as gift wrapped, little presents that you're giving people. Alright? Wow. Because <clears throat> that's what that means. Every word a gift. Um, as fits the occasion. So it's the right words at the right time. Uh, and the right intention. That's the target. Right words, right time, right intention. That's the target. That you may impart grace. <clears throat> wow. Impart grace. No playing foosball, guys. <laughs> I say in grace. <laughs> we can speak grace right into people's lives. Grace. What are we saved by? So, is grace powerful? We can speak, we can impart grace. Grace. Through our words, we can grace bomb people. <clears throat> grace bomb them. Grace bomb them. Alright? When our hearts are filled up. Alright? <clears throat> because our hearts filled up with the grace of God. The extravagant grace of God. And Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So just grace bomb people. Hear me? <clears throat> Is that good? Believe it. And it says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. And this is amazing that we have the power. God's entrusted us. He's put Himself in a relationship that you can break His heart. That's what grieve the Holy Spirit means. Don't break my heart over this. Holy Spirit. You want the Holy Spirit. You want to know the Holy Spirit. You want to hear the Holy Spirit. Stop breaking the Holy Spirit's heart. Someone breaks your heart. Do you like hanging around them? What happens? You, you, well, most people shut down and distance themselves. When we break the Holy Spirit's heart, there's a separation of relationship. makes it hard to hear God. All right? We break the Spirit's heart by doing all these things that uh, Ephesians says don't do it. But we, we bless the Holy Spirit's heart when we live this way. It says that in number seven is be imitators of God as dear children. So we live like God out of a relationship of love as children. Not, not imitators in the sense of uh, hucksters or salesmen or doing it out of obligation or manipulation, but as children that pattern their life after their father because they, they admire their father. And they love their father and they're favored. Dear means favored. And so you know you're God's favorite and so you want to be like him. And, and, and that means that you behave like him. Alright, that's the scriptural basis. I want to give seven levels of uh, intimacy or uh, ways, a practical way to uh, enable you to go deeper in communication and walk this out. And this is something I've, I've kind of taught on in counseling often. I don't think I've ever actually preached this or taught this in a, in a uh, Sunday 
And I actually took this right out of a, a book you can get called The Seven Levels of Intimacy by Matthew Kelly. And um, uh, let's read a quote. Matthew Kelly defines intimacy as happening when there is a mutual revealing of our authentic selves. Another way of saying intimacy is intimacy. We all know that. <clears throat> intimacy, intimacy. <clears throat> our relationships deepen when we learn how to navigate each level of authentic sharing. Our relationships deepen. Everybody say deepen. All right, so we get closer. And to have a healthy family relationship, you need close relationships. <clears throat> so they deepen when we learn how to navigate each level of authentic sharing, but it starts with a mutual willingness to know and be known by each other. So seven levels <clears throat> of communication. And this just works. This is just the way people work. The first level is cliches. Uh, cliches are simple conversation starters. You know, the world, everywhere I go in the world, Grant, I've talked about this, <laughs> every country, it's universal, we don't know how. Everybody says, hey, hey. I mean, they may not know any English word. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> it's kind of weird. <clears throat> I think the most common word spoken on a planet I read somewhere was okay. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Because even people that don't speak English somehow picked up okay. They all watch American TV. Uh, <clears throat> um, so it's, hey, how you doing? What's up? Uh, you know, it's small talk. It's um, when these are handled with ease and grace, safety is generated and people are willing to go to the next level. If they feel judged, criticized, or ridiculed, they'll go no farther. People start here to see if it's safe to connect. Okay, so don't write off the, hey, how's it going? What's up? You know, I've had many times, in fact, I used to say this until I got healed up. I hate small talk. You know what that means? You're angry. (laughs) That's good. Boom. Gosh, Cameron, where did you learn that? My own personal life. Because small talks is where people learn to know if you're willing to open up, you know. And sometimes I don't want to talk. Clerk says, "How you doing?" Fine. Sometimes I don't say anything at all. And now, now they have those automatic lanes that actually work. (laughs) I like them now (laughs) because I don't have to talk to the computer (laughs) if I'm in a hurry. Yeah, but not yet. All right. So, and I, I'm going to example as each level. I'm just going to use the examples of a husband and wife. So, a husband comes home, says, "Hey, what's up?" You know, and the wife says, "Oh, not much." You know, you're setting the atmosphere, setting the tone, and that's okay. But the wife said, "Nothing." <laughs> oh, okay. I think I'll just go downstairs. <clears throat> Right? Small talk communicates a lot. In every level, tone is extremely important. But the husband comes, hey, what's up? Oh, nothing. Okay. We're, we're in a good mood. Then we go, <clears throat> it's a mood determiner. You know? Can we go deeper? And so, uh, just know that. Use it. Next level, facts. Facts can be personal or non-personal facts about weather, sports, current events, Again, this, most people call this small talk. Whatever can be addressed in a conversation without too much risk, except in the case of know-it-alls. 
<laughs> this is a great level for people to test whether a person is a safe conversationalist. And uh, this is another area where I've had to learn how to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> Some people convinced me that I come across as a know-it-all. <clears throat> so, you, you know, you have to... Yeah, it's my teacher, thanks. Uh, <clears throat> you have to learn. You know, I actually often am telling myself, just listen to them. Just listen to them. Just listen to them. Because I generally always, you know, one person asks me, do you always have an opinion? Do you have an opinion about everything? That's how he asked it to me. Do you have an opinion about everything? And I was like, absolutely. Don't, of course I do. You know? And then, then a few months later, <coughs> I was with my brother. And he was, he was, uh, he was all the more like me. <laughs> and so I experienced what other people experienced around me. And I was like, I gotta change. <laughs> So the husband says, so, what happened around here today? Facts. What happened? <clears throat> Wife says, oh, the kids did school. I went to the store and I made dinner. Oh, and while I was at the store, I saw, uh, I saw Sally. Just facts. Right. And then the husband says, oh, did you talk to her much? Yeah, yeah, for a while she opened up a bit. And we're st- still at just facts. So we're going another level. We're talking about facts of what happened. Then the next level from facts, and, and a lot of times it just stays at that level for like, maybe that's as far as you go. And okay, well, I'm going to go watch TV. You've only gone to level two. Or the next level is opinion. Opinion level is the first level of vulnerability, marked by a person's willingness to risk revealing something about who they are. This is often the level where conversations break down, where disagreements of opinion reveal inflexibility and intolerance. Conversely, if a person is willing to allow others to disagree without rejecting, ridiculing, or punishing, the conversation can continue to the next level. So after facts, you want to go for opinion if you want to take the um, uh, conversation deeper by saying something like, well, how do you feel about that? Or what do you think about that? Actually, what do you think about that before you get to the feeling? So the husband says, oh, you know, the wife uh, revealed that she talked to Sally and Sally opened up a bit. And, and the husband responds, oh, really? How do you think her and Grant are doing? You know, asking his wife's opinion. And the wife responds, well, she's really frustrated. He won't talk to her. I don't think their marriage is going to make it if things don't change. All right? She's expressing her opinion after he asked. Right. And then he goes, well, he wants more. Well, why, why don't you think that? So now it's not just facts. It's, what, you know, what's the reason? What are you thinking? And she says something like, well, <clears throat> you know, Sally doesn't realize that he won't talk because she's constantly critical of him. Oh. So it opens up the opportunity for each of them to share their opinion. And here they're talking about another couple's relationship, friends that they have information about, but they're sharing their opinions. And so uh, <clears throat> the opinion level is a very delicate ish area, and this is where a lot of people try to argue their point of view, but it's best to hold off and listen and explore that and find out what your opinions are and share opinions, especially if you want the, the relationship to go deeper. You just want to argue a point, 
then that's as far as it'll go. The next level is hopes and dreams. If you navigate safely through the level of opinions, people will often <clears throat> be willing to reveal what truly inspires them. Sharing hopes and dreams identifies what a person wants to become or how they want to live. Being safe enough, safety is what it's all about, to entrust others with your dreams prepares you to connect at the next level, the deeper level. So the husband replies, wow, man, I see what you mean. In other words, I get what you're saying, the opinion about that dynamic between Sally and Grant, you know, this other fictional relationship. I hope they can make it through. So he's expressing a hope. And you, you, you learn this and then intentionally put those words into your dialogue to move it to the next level. You have to be a little thoughtful, you know. Use your brain. <laughs> I hope. You start talking about I hope. And wouldn't it be great if, you know, you dream about something. And the wife says, yeah, me too. But neither one's willing to let their guard down. It's so painful to watch them keep beating up each other. I wish people would prioritize, this is the wife speaking, I wish people would prioritize their, their relationship with their spouse. Marriage is so important. You know, so she's expressing what she thinks is important, what her hopes, prioritizing marriage and relationship. Okay? And he opened it up the door by using that word. And then we get to the next level <clears throat> is feelings. And this is the power. This is where the, this is where the nitroglycerin is, really. Uh, feelings. When the environment is safe enough to be, to be honest with our feelings, only then are we able to feel truly connected. It's when real connection happens. Inviting someone else into your feelings, however, makes us feel vulnerable. For most people, it's a difficult obstacle to overcome, depending on how accepting and validating their past experiences have been while sharing your feelings with others. Okay? So sharing feelings is when you really get to an intimate level. Alright? After you've gone through the opinions and the hopes and dreams, you get down to the feeling level. That's where it really counts. So that, so, <clears throat> you know, the wife says, I wish people would prioritize their relationship. Marriage is so important. And the husband comes back with something like, well, sometimes I don't feel that way. The wife says, you don't feel that marriage is important? No, no. No, I don't feel. No, again, intentionally introducing the word feel. And sometimes you have to ask yourself, how so you get caught up in your feelings and feelings make you say words rather than expressing how you feel. Just before you blurt out something, stop a minute and say, wait a minute, I'm feeling really frustrated here and I don't know why. All right? If you're in the, communicating with your spouse or someone, and just explore the feeling for a minute rather than just reacting. And it'll enable you to go deeper. <clears throat> no, the you don't believe marriage is important? No, no. Sometimes I feel that we're not prioritizing our marriage. Wow, now we moved it to another level. I think we fell into a routine. And I feel stuck. In fact, yesterday, I felt you had your guard up all day long. Saying it not in an accusational way, but this is how I felt. Alright? And if the wife responds, You felt I had my guard up? Who do you think you are? Jeez! Right? What happens? 
shields up. Husband pulls out the hammer. <clears throat> yeah, you heard your guard up. Feel it. You know, I'm serious. They just beat on each other. And that's not how you're supposed to respond because when someone opens up, that's an opportunity. But the husband opened up a little bit and maybe that revealed a sore spot in the wife. And so in each level, each person has the opportunity to respond by saying, let's go deeper or you, you, you just stepped on my toes. Yeah, you got to listen and try to get by that and give grace. Say, okay, that hurt, but I'm just going to impart grace here. Oh, are you? And then repeat back the same words that they said. It's the most powerful thing I ever was taught in communication. Someone says, I'm feeling frustrated. You go, you're feeling frustrated? It's like magic. And they'll go, yeah, I'm frustrated about how, how things are going at work. You're frustrated about how things are going at work? Absolutely. My boss, <clears throat> it's like a magic trick. Try it. Huh? Just repeat exactly what they said, and, and then you'll, because often they'll say something, and then when they hear it, they realize that's not quite what I meant. And then they say it in a different way, and then you repeat that, and, that's not, and eventually they'll go, yeah, that's exactly what I mean. All right? <clears throat> then you go, oh. I think you're an idiot. No. (laughs) You just shut him down. You go, no, wow, I really appreciate you sharing that with me. All right. So so the husband says, you know, I I feel, uh, uh, where was I? Yeah, uh, routine. Oh, yeah, you had your yard up. And the wife responds, oh, I'm so sorry. Yesterday I was so caught up with the boys' project and the bills, and then Lucy called. I got so distracted. I'm sorry. You are the most important person in my life. All right? And so when the husband opened up and felt that, that revealed his feelings, she knew to respond by affirming, you are the most important person in my life. Oh, ah, she heard me. Next level, there's more love, two more levels. Fears, failures, and weaknesses. This level is uncomfortable for many because in our culture, weakness is a fault. Sharing uh, past feelings, one's, uh, uh, past sharing of one's feelings and failures may have been met with ridicule, rejection rather than acceptance and support. Conversely, when we open up on this level, if it's met with care and nurturing, real healing can occur. And so, and then the, if the wife responds with something like, I feel... You know, I, I'm just so afraid I'm going to make the same mistakes my parents made. You know, they drifted apart. I don't want to drift apart and at the end becoming disconnected roommates that don't even like each other. I don't want that for us. Wow, she's revealing a fear. And if you treat that uh, correctly, and husband responds something like, oh man, neither do I. I understand that. <clears throat> you know, as long as we keep talking like this, It'll never happen. I'm sorry I misunderstood you. Okay? And so they just resolved an issue. All right? By being open to 
uh, admit mistakes and fears. I don't want to fall into the same trap. You know, I don't want to fall into that disconnect like I saw my parents or somebody else's relationship. I hear you. I don't want to fall into that too. Uh, and so you're talking about fears. We've already talked about feelings. Now we're in fears. And then we go to needs. <clears throat> Sharing our needs in a way that is vulnerable and not demanding is a sign of maturity. Uh, as is the ability to truly listen to another. Sometimes our conversations lack meaning because we fail to listen or fail to ask the right questions. Look at Jesus. He almost always asked questions. In every interaction, someone would ask him a question, he'd reply with a question. We fail to listen because we don't know how to subjugate our own needs in order to meet the needs of others. We don't know how to make, put our needs down and make their needs, meet their needs first and realize it's by doing that that our needs are met. And so if the husband says something, Sometimes, honey, I need you to let me know what you want from me. All right? I need you to communicate. I need, again, using that term, I need you to let me know what you want from me. You know, I'm a guy. Sometimes I just don't get it. I want to tell you, and sometimes I just feel a little afraid because sometimes, sometimes you're gruff. <laughs> I know I can be gruff. You want gruff? You want gruff? Maybe. Maybe. I'll give you some gruff. (laughs) (coughs) We plan that out. (laughs) But listen, when you share needs, I'll tell you what I need, baby. You're already at the level of intimacy. There's already trust established, and it should lead to something like, let's go spend some time together. All right? That's appropriate. <clears throat> so just a couple closing points. Intentionally moving to the deeper levels. You know, you can download my notes for free on our website if they're up already. Or if they're not, they will be. Or you can just Google seven levels of intimacy and get all this stuff. Uh, that's how I got it. <laughs> you know, this, this particular thing, I've taught the same idea many times. <clears throat> But you need to intentionally move from one level to another with the appropriate people at the appropriate time. You know, you don't do this with the checkout lady every time, you know. <laughs> Please. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, decisions are, oh, I'm over time, darn it. <clears throat> decisions are not made. Everybody thinks decisions are made at the facts and opinions level. Remember what I talked about last time? People make decisions in the feeling level. And so if you argue, if you only get to the information level, you're never going to win an argument because that's where arguments happen. You have to get down to the feeling level before you can really lead someone or invite someone into your life and share. And that's where real community and connection happens. So learn how to deepen communication and change the environment by creating uh, that safe environment through uh, speaking the truth in love. Aaron. Aaron.